Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. On today's episode, I have Megan Woj. Megan, how are we doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. Um, of course. When I first asked you, I thought it was going to be a hard no, but you said yes. So I was like, <laughs> all right, let's rock and roll. Always, always <laughs> happy to help a friend. I've been listening to a few episodes, so I'm happy to hop in. Yeah, so I appreciate that. Um, sure. So you and I know each other, but at the same time, don't really know each other. <laughs> um, we have a mutual connection through a couple mutual friends. So um, I know, like, before we got on this, we were just, like, talking a little bit. So, like, you thought I was doing something different that I'm currently doing versus not, and vice versa. So um, what's, uh, what's new with you? What are you up to nowadays? Sure. So I am currently living in New York City. Um, I've been here for, if you don't count the pandemic, about six and a half, almost seven years. Um, uh, Yeah. So I was the high school senior who could not wait to leave, couldn't wait to like go out to college and like be in a different city. So I went to school upstate, a like small liberal arts school and which was like really the opposite of what I wanted to do because I wanted the whole like pep rally football team. But then life was like, you wouldn't really survive in that kind of a arena. So, so I decided to go to liberal arts school. I majored in business and dance. And the day after graduation, I packed up all my stuff, put some of my stuff in a duffel bag, hopped on a train and slept on my sister's couch in New York for a couple of weeks so I could start my job. So the goal was to not move back home. And luckily, I haven't done that since minus the pandemic. But yeah, I'm here. Here I am. <laughs> How did you you know that you always wanted to go away because that's what I was like in high school it was like it was nothing against Buffalo or nothing against like the kids I hung out with it was just more so um junior year which we'll get into a little bit later um I went Mm -hmm. to Spain and it was such an eye-opening experience and it made me like curious about like the rest of the world and like meeting all different types of people and like kind of like breaking out and like doing different things and taking a different path And Mm -hmm. I, at that point, was just like, okay, I'm either going to go play a college sport somewhere, which I did, or I want to go to, like, a big-time school like Texas, Florida State, Oklahoma, just, like, something like that. Um, But having not um, gone that route of going to a big school, but then having friends, like, we've gone to, like, Syracuse, Ohio State, Marquette, um, a bunch of different schools I like knowing myself now was like I would probably fail out if I went to a big time school like that because I would not be able to like <laughs> stay focused Same. like I need that like small classroom setting is that why um Same. you ended up going to Skidmore oh yeah for sure well I went to an all-girls Catholic high school for my high school years which was I'd say traumatic on myself to say the least but I kind of like when I was dancing growing up from like three to 18, I went to New York City for nationals. I went from, I want to say I, when I turned 12 to 18 was when we went to New York every year. So that exposure, like right off the bat, seeing A, how many other people are in the world or like B, how many other cities, like how they interact, like how many people you can meet just by like walking down the street or like hopping in an elevator. So that exposure was, I gave me like this whole insight to the outside world, outside of Buffalo. Again, nothing against Buffalo, but like it is a very small town and I'm very, very reminded of that every time I go back home. But I just really wanted to like go out and meet new people. And I had that same like pep rally football team, like going to all these sorority houses, which would have been an absolute nightmare for me. Great for some people. I would have never survived, but I ultimately went to Skidmore because yeah, I needed that like small 40 person class experience. I wanted to major in dance, but I didn't want to major in just dance. So 
I originally was going to UB and I was like, you know what, this is my life. Like, it's going to be great. But then I was eventually accepted to Skidmore. It was a whole thing because Skidmore is so expensive. And I was like, I can't afford something like this. But my mom and I just had a conversation. She said, this is your dream. You've got to go. So Skidmore let me double major in dance and business. And I met literally all of my best friends there. Like we're all in New York now. And it's I every time I talk about friends like I almost start crying because I'm so thankful that I met them like I have friends from Canada from Manila from that came from Venezuela like I have so many friends that have so many different perspectives that would literally drop anything to help me in my life and I'm so happy that I left my hometown nothing against Buffalo but I was able to meet so many different perspectives from so many different places in the world that kind of made me who I am today and like helped me survive in such a chaotic city that I live in right now. <laughs> oh, it's madness. Are you a, are you naturally more like outgoing? Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I know you, so are, well, I know you a little bit, but um, are you more introverted or extroverted? I call myself an extroverted introvert because I'm a homebody. So I love like being in my apartment, but I also have FOMO a lot. So I love to go out and meet people like my thing post pandemic is I'm not saying no to any like opportunity where friends like, Hey, like there's this birthday party that's happening in Soho. And she said to bring anybody like I can put your name. I'm like, sure. Like, let's, why not? Like, let's go meet new people. Like how else am I going to like eventually meet someone? I like want to, if I ever want to get married, like how am I going to meet someone like that? Like got to go and get out. But I'm also the type of girl who's like, I'm okay with staying in on a Friday with a cup of tea and like my favorite book or Netflix show. So I think I'm definitely both on, on both spectrums, but yeah, that's yeah. just. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. Now, you said you said something that I like wasn't even going to bring up, but I, I feel like a broken record that so I always bring it up in every conversation. <laughs> um, you said Skidmore was like a little too expensive. Mm -hmm. um, you ended up going there anyways. Um, yes. What did you get like? on the financial side of things did you get like grants scholarships like what was like the thing that like got you there when you originally were just yeah so I was accepted and then I literally wrote back to them and I was like I gave them a whole speech I said this is my dream school I really want to go here but I actually cannot afford it because the way that Skidmore gives out financial aid is based on need and not on merit so it has nothing to do with my scores or like extracurricular or anything like that just strictly on you know, FAFSA and filling all that out and seeing what legally they could give you based on what your parents make and like nothing outside of your parents income really factors into it. Like my mom was taking care of my grandmother and like paying all of her expenses. So it just got to a point where I was like, you know what, I have to email them and say, I can't afford this anymore. Like, so thankful for the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. But they immediately wrote back and gave me more money to go to the school. So I was like, okay, well, this is kind of just happenstance. I need to hop on this. Why not? So I had already like put a deposit down at UB. It was like a, the panic attack of the century. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And my mom essentially was like, this is your dream school. You have to do this. She's like, it's going to suck. It's going to, you're going to have to work hard and you're going to have to have a lot of jobs to be able to pay for this, but it's going to ultimately give you the payout that you've always wanted. And that was, I never wanted to really move back home to Buffalo. I wanted to meet new people and I wanted to move to New York and like live in a studio apartment and live this bachelorette life. So I am sure I so it. thankful for that panic attack. Like it was worth it. It made me go to my dream school and gave me the connections necessary to get a job in New York because we all know that's impossible these days. Oh, it's insane. <laughs> now being like, 
obviously now we're adults, but Mm -hmm. um, looking back, do you think, and I asked this to everyone because of like my situation and I think it's like, we could have an entire conversation on this for like two hours, but like, Mm -hmm. that's not where I'm going. Um, (laughs) Looking back on it, do you think that there needs to be like more conversation around like, like the fine, I mean, obviously some people would argue like it's not the school's responsibility. It's more so like your parents and stuff like that. Right. Um, ab- about like the cost of college and stuff like that because I got like thankfully I got college covered via scholarships um, right. so I have no student debt but it was more so of like a couple schools that I was in between were more on the higher end I ended up I mean I ended up going to Hobart which was pretty damn expensive even mm-hmm. though I then <laughs> transferred um, to Mercyhurst but there was a couple schools that I was going to go that I really wanted to go to that were like they didn't offer me as much as, you know, other schools did. And right. my mom was more so like broke it down to being like, okay, look, like, it's just me. It's just been you and me my entire life. Like you do like, it, you can get an education anywhere. And it, it more so is a like, how, how she spun it was more so of like, if you really want something, you'll make it happen. So mm-hmm. don't focus so much on like, what this school offers, what that school offers in terms of programs, like, obviously, um, you want to go to a school that has a program that of something that you think you're interested in, even though like when you're 18, like you're not really thinking that you're just like, oh, I want to go party, meet friends, right. and things <laughs> like stuff like that. Um, but she more so broke it down to me to the aspect of when you graduate, essentially, if you go to this school, you're not going to have to have anything. You, and you, as long as you keep your grades up, you're essentially when you graduate, they're going to be giving you an invisible check for, say, 200 or 250,000. And then mm-hmm. you can leverage that invisible money on going to traveling around the world, going and traveling and doing stupid things, go like, you know, trying, if you want to be in business, trying to start a business, try, like per, more so like failing on purpose, because then you're not going to have the financial repercussion and like on the backside of it. Right. Um, and I kind of feel like, and this kind of like is a good tie into like your situation in New York. Like we were saying before we got on, like I've lived in Boston, I've lived in Denver, like I've traveled all over the place. Like, just last um in march of this year like i took off work for an entire month and just went i went to went out to denver i went out to san diego went yeah. down to texas and then in a couple months i'm doing the exact same thing again but it's going to be a couple different places like arizona all that but point being is that like what i've realized um being in business and stuff like that is some of my best opportunities and some of like the best networking things have come from that situation in and of itself Mm -hmm. um so back to like the original of like what i'm asking is like do you think there needs to be like a more concentrated conversation with like kids on like allowing people to explain that objective like zoomed out point of view of like hey like most of the biggest opportunities of your life and most of the things that get you to where they are come from the unknown so kind of figure out a way of how you can dive into that unknown without having that like financial pressure when you are an adult given like how crazy the world is right now. Yeah. I mean, when I was searching for colleges, I knew absolutely nothing. I knew the Ivy leagues and that's about it. I, my parents went to school right around Buffalo. My dad went to school in Connecticut because he grew up in New Jersey. And like, they had such a small view of what colleges offered and especially just like the Northeast, they pretty much just knew colleges in the Northeast, but my sister ended up going to school in New York. She loved it, but she went to an obviously like lesser expensive school and she ended up getting a full ride well not a full ride but like a, a scholarship amount to once you graduated she didn't have any student loans but I do think that like 
and I could get in a whole conversation about this, like you said, college is just incredibly expensive for, I wouldn't say no reason, but I do believe that like the barriers it creates, creates a lot of tension between where you want to go in life. And like a lot of people can't afford to go to school. So like, okay, then they go to like their local school and then they end up never go like leaving their hometown. But I'm so fortunate that I have parents who are like your typical cliche teenage movie parents and like, well, like follow your dreams, do whatever you want. And like, yeah, like maybe you'll graduate with a ton of loans, but like maybe you'll be happy. Maybe you'll meet like a support system that you would have never met here. So it's honestly a double-edged sword because I loved college and I would pay the money all over again to go where I did, but did it need to be that expensive? Absolutely not. And I met friends there who had their parents pay for it. I met friends there who got a ton of scholarship because they couldn't have, they came from low-income families. So I met people all over the board, but I wouldn't change my path in the slightest, even though in between semesters, I worked four jobs. I went back home to Buffalo. I scooped ice cream. I did the accounting books for like a local real estate firm. But that I think sucks. the payout was definitely <laughs> worth for me. Yeah, that was actually painful because it was like real accounting books. And I, like, it was cool because I was like, oh, like I'm in an accounting class now. Like, it's like an actual ledger. It wasn't even like an automated software. But yeah, so I did like a lot of interning back in Buffalo. I'm lucky I had those jobs. But I think college is incredibly expensive and creates barriers for people for no reason but I was one of the fortunate ones who a was accepted and then b just decided to take on all that debt but I'm also lucky that I had parents that kind of carved this financial path for me and my mom was really smart in helping me figure out the finances like she told me and this is a tip for anyone who's taking out student loans it helped me so much when I graduated she said to set it up so it takes out the interest monthly directly from your bank account. So it's an automatic withdrawal. And like my interest was like, I think it was 30 bucks a month. So like 30 bucks a month, just taking out of my account really wasn't too bad, but I graduated without any interest on my loan. So when I graduated, I only had the base amount to pay. So I set up a pay structure from there. And I luckily during the pandemic moved home. So I saved on like seven months of rent and was able to pay off my student loans from there. So Again, I'm very fortunate and I understand how lucky I am, but yeah, going back to the whole college conversation, I wouldn't change a thing, but I do believe that there should be a a bigger conversation on like, what, like, is it worth going to Harvard if you're going (laughs) to drop so much money and graduate with so much debt and be miserable? Or like, do you really want to go somewhere on like the West Coast? It's like, like lesser known school or lesser expensive school and, you know, have the time of your life. Like, again, we just wanted to party and I just wanted to like move out from my parents' house. But I wish that I had a little bit more direction because like high school counseling is an absolute joke and no one's going to help you get to the college (laughs) that you want to go to. So like, we all have to take it into our own hands. But I do think there should be like a larger conversation, especially to juniors and seniors in high school who like don't have the direction that like, I didn't really have that much direction. So yeah, that's it. (laughs) I can ramble. As you no, know. no, no, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. No, I'm just, I'm always interested, like, what the angle is on it, because I feel like um, our generation was always, like, being t- not, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, because that's not how my mom was. My mom was very, like, just go and figure it out, like, because mm-hmm. um, she had me so young, and, like, she, she had me at 17, like, and raised me, like, more so of like her always going against the grain and like mm-hmm. carving her own path and figuring out. So that's like how she kind of like raised me was more so of just like 
go try it. Like if you fuck up, it's not a big deal. Like right. you'll figure out, you'll figure out what didn't work and then you won't do that again next time. It's right. But you're not going to know. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I would, I would, I wouldn't trade all the money in the world to not be able to go to college. Like I, yeah. um, had I not played a sport, I definitely probably would have dropped out. Um, if I had to pay loans, um, knowing what mm-hmm. I know now, but on the flip side, it's like, you don't get, I don't think you get that social or networking like anywhere else. And you can't really put a price on it too, because it's like, as you're, I'm sure, you know, from like your friends in New York, or even like when you went and studied abroad, like mm-hmm. one person can, you know, take you here or vice versa, or you might meet this person while you're out with this group of friends. And then like that can expand like into something as well. Mm-hmm. Right. I know. And I'm lucky because I got my first job out of college from one of my best friend's sisters who worked here. Like she literally was like, Hey, we have an opening. Do you want me to send your resume? And I was like, yeah. And I happened to get one of the four jobs that I applied to, which is a miracle. But I, I believe that everyone should leave their hometown for a little bit. I know it's like scary for a lot of people. And I can tell you right now, New York is not for everyone. Like I'm lucky that I made it through (laughs) this far, but I've had friends who have moved here and within six months moved back home. I've had friends who like couldn't stand it here and moved to Boston. But like, again, like leaving your hometown, maybe you're not going to like it. Maybe it's going to feel like you're jumping off a cliff, but you just like learn so much from all the people that you meet and you get to see so many different perspectives because a lot of us just get to see like, this perspectives of our our local like township but also like our parents our neighborhoods and like literally leaving buffalo was the biggest step for me my mom says the other day because i fought for a promotion in my current job and like fought for more money and they eventually gave it to me and my mom was like i can't believe the girl who wouldn't even run into like 7-eleven to get a thing of milk because she was she had too much social anxiety is like fighting for herself and i'm like okay, I've grown up. That was like 15 years ago. But I am lucky that I live in a city that constantly pushes you and constantly gives you this like, are you going to make it? Like, are you going to, you know, just like walking down the street? I'm like, am I going to like make it in New York for the next five years? Who knows? But I'm just very lucky. And I had the opportunity to leave my hometown. So I try to get my friends to do it. Even if it's just for like a week or for like some just like get out get out of Buffalo, like experience other people and like I love Buffalo, so I'm not harping against Buffalo, but just it's just such an eye opening experience because it's kind of like a and I can I'll go ramble on this for that, but it's just kind of like a group study because my brother stayed home in Buffalo and we have so many different viewpoints on life, but we do connect on a lot of things, but it's just such a stark contrast of living like staying in your hometown living 10 minutes from your parents or like living in a big city like new york so it's not for everyone but you know what go out and try why not take the jump why were you so scared to go into 7-eleven <laughs> <laughs> i was i had so much social anxiety when i was growing up i like couldn't like could not you know how people get social anxiety about calling pizza and like ordering pizza for delivery i physically could not go up to the counter and be like I need a, like a cup of milk like I literally couldn't do it <laughs> but hilarious. here I am now like cursing people on the street because they get in my way but that's New York babe yeah no <laughs> uh I don't the only time I get like that is like if I'm on stage or if I'm like which would never seem like it just because of like how I am and like how outgoing I am but you put me mm-hmm. in a room full of people or like when you were in college and you have to give like presentations, no, I can't do that. Oh yeah. No. Public speaking like, is panic. my enemy. <laughs> yeah, I panic. <laughs> so like once I start filming these podcasts, I it, like there's not gonna be like a public setting, so that's fine. 
but like just the thought of like having to speak in front of people that I don't really know um or like just yeah it just it's like the stage fright like even like graduation like when I walked when they like called my name and I walked across the stage to get get my diploma (laughs) graduation I could have not gotten that diploma even faster (laughs) quick shake a hand peace out like get me off the stage that's so interesting because I'm the opposite I'm like I would rather perform in like a thousand strange in front of a thousand strangers than like three of my best friends or like my class like presenting in my college classroom against like 30 of my peers was that was truly my nightmare put me on stage in front of like to dance in front of a thousand strangers totally fine yeah no way see I could do the friends but like random no I can't do it and it's not even like I care what they think it's just that like like the spotlight which it also makes no sense because playing sports like I never like was phased by like people in the stands or like people on the sidelines not at all it's just more so of like a um like how you dance and stuff no way I would never be able to do that wow that's so interesting and you're like look at you selling real estate hopping on the phone and like you're all about relationships and I feel like that's kind of where my anxiety comes in is just getting to know people on that kind of level versus not knowing anything about people and performing in front of them wow mm-hmm. we could be more opposite in that <laughs> yeah are you I I don't think you are you an only child no uh a lot of people okay. assume I am because I, I don't thought really you talk were. about my siblings but um, I'm a middle child, which is probably why I'm the forgotten one in the family. But my mom told me once. Oh, wait, hold on. Um, sorry, I lost an earbud there. Um, my mom told me once that it's not that we don't worry, or it's not that we don't care about you. It's just that we don't. You're the only one we don't have to worry about. I'm like, great. That makes me feel so much better. Like here I am on my own. But yeah, so I have an older sister and a younger brother, and we all truly couldn't be more different. My sister lived in New York for. 12 years after graduation she just moved to DC my brother stayed home in Buffalo I followed my sister out here but yeah a lot of people assume that I'm a mid- or an only child mostly because I don't talk about my siblings that much because we're not too close I love them mm-hmm. but we are very very different like my sister plays Dungeons and Dragons on Thursdays and I like go to the bar till 3 a.m so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's no I yeah, I no, I only asked because I didn't want to offend you if you were because my uncle was saying to me the other day, um, he said that I'm one of the, and this was just from like his point of view, and it's not like him hyping me up because like our mm-hmm. relationship is just busting each other's balls, like shooting, like talking shit nonstop. So there's not like many compliments, even though it's like not like disrespect or not love. It's just like how mm-hmm. it is. Um, but he was saying, he's like, you're one of the only, like only child that I've ever met that is not a complete fucking weirdo. And I was Correct. like, why? <laughs> and he was, I was like, is that like only child syndrome? Cause I, I've been told I don't have that. And he's like, I don't even know what that is, but he goes, think about it. He goes, only children are with themselves all day and they don't Correct. have to share. So they're like fucking weirdos when they're out with other people or they're not the center of attention. Right. And I was just like, no, that is not me at all. Because like growing up, I've always wanted a brother or sister. So mm-hmm. like when I was a kid going to school, I was more focused on like, oh my gosh, I get a full day of just like meeting new people, talking to people and just like, right. like that high-end energy but no I wanted to ask first because I didn't want to like say that and then you be an only child and then you'd be like what are you trying to say <laughs> no, I totally get that I, I know all about the oldest or only child syndrome but I have two friends who are only ki- like kids and you would never know it either so I've, I have yet to meet someone who really falls into that stereotype but I would have never put you in the spotlight to have been an only child 
symptom yeah. of or a, a victim of only child syndrome. Yeah, no, I have a couple <laughs> friends that are only children or like they don't have siblings per se, and it's so blatantly obvious. Like it, it is like <laughs> their way or the highway about everything. Wow. And, yeah, but not in like a uh, not in like you can't tolerate them or you don't want to be around them. It's just more so of like you can tell that like all the energy's always been on them and they express right. it and project it when they're in a group of people. Like, right. whereas like, with me, if someone's like, yo, what do you want to do tonight? I'm like, I don't really give a fuck. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, I definitely want to drink. So like you guys pick the bar. These are the bars I don't want to go to, but yeah, I'm for anything. Wow. We couldn't be more opposite. I'm a planner. I'm like, I need to know eight days ahead of time. Like if we're doing nope. brunch this weekend, I need to know. Like I am the planner. I'm like, I have New Year's Eve planned. I have like up until like, pretty much February planned in my life because I just need to know and I need to make reservations. I need to have the group chat started. I need to like put it in my little planner. But could you tell that I'm type like triple A? I kind of I don't even know. (laughs) I don't even know what any of that means because like for work I had to take one of those disc assessments. Um, Okay. you, You know what those are right? No I don't know what that is. So it's more so like hang on I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um it's like um hang on tony robbins disc assessments uh shit disc <laughs> assessment oh my gosh of course i can't type as we're recording um what <laughs> is it um is a this is what the definition says i'm not saying this but it says uh, a disc assessment's a powerful tool for understanding your personality leadership style and behavior patterns um yeah, so I've taken one a couple times, like, um, obviously doing real estate, like a lot of the people that I've worked with, or even um, before I had the business partner that I do now, she wanted me to take one just to see like where our strengths and weaknesses were, like where we are similar, where we're not. And I tell her, I like, I told her, as I told everyone else I've ever done this test with, I'm like, it's a crock of shit. And they're like, no, it's super accurate. And I'm like, yeah, my ass, it's not because like... <laughs> I feel like with those tests, you only have certain, um, what is it? You have certain answers and you don't get to like explain the realm of it. And it's more so yeah. of like, oh, I'm this way, I'm this way. And the point of even bringing this up is that the uh, the disc assessment always shows that I'm super type A and I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck that means. And I don't want to know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't care. But now I care to know because you said you are. So like, what is, yeah. like, what is type A? Oh, well, first of all, I'm always high anxiety at all times in my life. I live in constant fear. Um, just kidding. But I, I need a it, – it, it's hazy. So I need a routine. Like, if I fall out of my routine, I feel like I'm worthless and I my life is going to shit. And, like, I'm just becoming, like, a horrible child. But I love surprises in my routine as long as they fit in with my – how do I put this lightly? I'm a control freak. <laughs> so I need like constant reminders of like, hey, like you're doing well or like, hey, like this isn't this thing is going wrong in your life. Like here's how to fix it. Like blah, blah, blah. I need a routine. Like I wake up at the same time every day. I do the same morning routine. I have the same routine when I like start my work day. I go completely off of my calendar from work because I am very strict in time management. But um yeah type triple a is like you are just on constant alert and you need everything to be perfect and controlled in your life which is interesting that you got that result when you took it twice did you get the same result uh yeah i've gotten the same result every time and then the biggest thing too um is that it shows that i'm very 
I want to say that I'm very confrontational, but that's not, I mean, mm. that's, that's, that's partially true, but it's also not true. Cause I don't think yeah. like, I think like, um, confrontation has like a bad like connotation to it. It's okay. more so of like, I won't hold back the truth, but it won't be in a disrespectful way. If that makes right. sense. Right. Um, yeah. Or how do I want to say confrontational? Like, like if, um, say if someone was like talking shit, right. It would be mm-hmm. more so I'd be like, yo, shut your mouth. Like, right. like just stop, like just stop talking. Like, what do you, like, what's the point? Like mm-hmm. relax. Um, right. but not like a, all right, let's call about the fight you type of thing. <laughs> um, but no, that's funny you say that. Cause like routine, I on if I don't have like a routine or I don't like whatever I set, like my, I don't want to say goals, but like whatever I set, like my day to be, if I don't mm-hmm. do those exact things, um, exactly when I said I was going to do it, I feel like a complete, like, I don't uh, feel like a I'm failure, but it's more shambles. like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, but it's more so of like, so like, the thing is, if I'm like, okay, I'm going to get up and work out. Um, if I don't do that, it fucks up the rest of my day. Or if I'm yeah. like, all right, tomorrow morning, I'm going to go get breakfast, but then say something comes up for work and I address that and I don't go like, I don't know, to a diner or go grab coffee or something like that. Just like that, like morning routine in of itself, it fucks my day up because in my head, I'm just like, why did I not do that? And then I'm more focused on why I didn't do that than not. But otherwise, I'm not a control freak. I like to like literally like just live by the seat of my pants. Like, all right, like something pops up. Oh, I don't got nothing going on. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Oh, see, I am so jealous of you people. And I've always been so jealous. Like I have so many friends like that and they just like live their life in a happy state. And it's like, hey, if this happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And that's always how my sister was. So growing up, that dynamic was not always the best. But yeah, it's just like if I like, okay, so I wake up at seven, I work out. And if I don't work out the rest of the day, I'm like, I'm the biggest failure. Like, why did I do that? My life is in shambles. I'm falling apart. I'm spiraling. And I'm like, okay, Megan, calm down. But the biggest piece of advice and not to sound cheesy and cliche, but like the biggest piece of advice that I heard probably a couple of months ago was that you don't need to earn rest. Like you don't have to be productive in order to like earn the rest that you deserve. Like if you wake up on a Saturday morning and say like I had a, a boxing class scheduled, if I wake up and I'm like, you know what, it'd be really great to like keep sleeping in and like skip my class and like reschedule it. Like in like before I heard someone say that to me, I was like, Oh my God, no, I have to go. Like, I must do this. Like I didn't do anything yesterday. So I have to get up and like get my ass moving. But like, I have so much anxiety just sitting around and resting. But like, it's if you don't choose when you're going to rest, your body will choose it for you. So living this constant state of high anxiety, I'm always like, I need to be doing this. And like living in a chaotic city like this is you should always be hustling. Like, my friend made this like amazing speech. She teaches a fitness class here and shout out Ali. I love you. She teaches a fitness class and she ends with the same speech every time. It's like, we live, especially in New York, we live in a city where people are constantly telling you you're not enough. Like you're not smart enough. You're too dumb. You're not, you're too skinny. You're too fat. Like you're not going to make it. You like are doing too much. And then like, you always have to like come back to yourself and be like, no, no, no. If anyone tells me I'm not good enough, it's because they don't know me and they don't know what the potential I have. So like you have to remind yourself that you are that bitch and you can walk around the city and like, (laughs) this is my life. Like, and I deserve to rest on days where my body wants to rest. I deserve to like sit in bed and crush eight hours of Netflix one day. If I have the time, like I'm lucky that I'm in the state of my life where I do have that kind of time. But again, like this triple, triple A type personality, I'm always like, I need to be doing something. And if I'm not productive, like my life has been an entire waste, but 
it's just, I hope everyone remembers to like, you don't need to earn rest. Like you can just chill if you want. No one's going to say anything. The world will keep turning. You're not going to, your life's not going down the tubes. You'll be fine. And that's how we should all live life from here on out. Yeah, I think, um, I don't, I don't, I definitely the anxiety thing. That's not, no, I don't, I don't, um, <laughs> that's not, yeah, I don't really get anxiety. The only time I get anxiety is if like, um, it's the weekend and I'm like fucked up and I'm thinking about something that I should have done, <laughs> but I didn't. And then I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Okay, you know what that hits? It hits when you're watching the Bills game on Sunday and it's like about to be over and you're like, oh my God. So like after this, like hopefully they won but like after this it's like Sunday scaries from here on out I'm like I'm gonna go home I've been drinking a lot at the game and here I am this like state of panic where I'm like I have to get up and do it so much work tomorrow and I the scaries hurt like there's no tomorrow (laughs) yeah exactly um I also think it comes from um because I didn't like I'm dropping the episode Friday one of uh, a girl I went to school with she's a psychologist Mm -hmm. and I always like I sound like I'm being a hater, but, um, (laughs) I think that like, like the whole like anxiety and depression is like almost like, uh, is like put on a pedestal nowadays with our generation where it's like every, like, it's almost like a, like, uh, you got the Willy Wonka's golden ticket. Like, Oh, you have depression. You have anxiety. Oh my gosh. I do too. And it like, and it it, like, by doing that, we like give it the power to like run us versus being like, um, no, I just got to get a little bit more organized. I got to figure my like type shit out. Cause it's like, we're constantly in the state of like social media where it's like, we're always yeah. seeing what others are doing when you know, for a fact, like you're only seeing the highlights of what they're doing. You're not seeing like the actual like, full picture. Yeah, correct. And like, once I start learning to not give a shit of what other people care, like think about me or care about me, like it's over for you bitches, like watch out. Once I actually take my own advice, like (laughs) the world is my oyster, but I'm the same way. Like it's, it's that snapshot of like seeing other people's lives and like, oh my God, everyone was in freaking Italy drinking an Aperol spritz this summer. And here I was stuck in New York, but yeah, like, um, it's, it's hazy for me because we also do live in a time where it's more acceptable to be open about mental health and those kind of Absolutely. issues that we all do have. So it's like, like back in our day when our grandparents, like, yeah, my grandmother was definitely depressed based on what I heard, but like, she didn't have the resources. She didn't have such an acceptable society or she didn't have someone to like talk to about it. I do think that there's like a lead up between going straight to medication and versus talking to someone about it for first and like really diving into what's, giving you these symptoms but I do think there's like needs to be a bigger conversation about medication versus like I think everyone should be in therapy I'm gonna put that out there everyone should be in therapy everyone should like at least have a sounding board that is no bullshit can be totally vulnerable in front of and like actually give certified advice back but everyone in therapy and yeah that's the the time we live in it's funny you're saying that too because um even though I said I'm dropping it Friday um the that girl Teresa she said the exact same thing and she really? she was I think she asked me if I've ever done therapy and I was just like kind of like the disc assessment I'm like no because <laughs> I don't want them to try to fucking tell me something that I'm like no I'm not you're well you're afraid to learn about yourself exactly that's like the whole thing with therapy is like once you get over that hump you're gonna be like it's literally gonna be someone telling you that like oh, you, like, this is what you should know about yourself. And you're like, oh, my God, I didn't want to know that. Like, why am I here? But, like, it's better to know that and, like, actually work through your issues so you don't project them on other people. But that's just the hilarious thing about therapy. <laughs> no, well, it's funny thing is, is, like, I don't I don't disagree with you in one, uh, like, at all whatsoever. I think mm-hmm. everyone should do it. But I also am very, very, which, I don't know, might be a surprise because sometimes I 
like have conversations with some of my boys about this like where it's Mm -hmm. just like you know we're we're hanging out just like whatever shooting the shit and like obviously it's like you know how girls have girl talk like guys have guy talk you know what I mean um and they look at me like almost like I'm a jackass but like I'm very (laughs) introspective like I'm very (laughs) introspective I'm very self-aware and um I actually meditate a lot and it's more so of like a more um it's more so of like something that it's not that I'm afraid to know myself because I think that's like the biggest strength someone can have is knowing who they are because I think Mm -hmm. like um how do I say it's like if you know yourself you're not swayed by others opinions and you don't have the fear of what others may think of you because they're only seeing like a scratch on the surface versus like seeing like the deepest part of the ocean I know that sounded kind of deep but like you get you get what I mean when I say that (laughs) yeah Um, so for me it's like there's a lot that like I come across when I'm doing that where I'm like wow (laughs) but and it's not like uh like I don't want anyone to know or I'm like scared but it's more so of like every time I hit that wall of like why is it this way I Mm. rather than going in um going to like a therapist or leaning on someone else or asking someone else it's more so of like I have to know for myself and figure it out for myself and try to like figure out where that came from where that stemmed from before I go discuss it because it's one of those things like I said like I don't want to like be confused by someone else's perception of what they think it is because like one thing I, I don't know if you would agree with this but I feel like people want to like have something to say so badly that they don't really they like they listen with bated mm-hmm. breath versus actually listening to understand right yeah and that's a huge issue it, just carrying this into the workplace but how many meetings I've been in when I have just come across all these people that just love to hear themselves talk and I'm like why am I sitting in this meeting with this person just like taking over the microphone because he can like and I don't know. I think like going back to what you were saying earlier. Um, hold on, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'll cut it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, it goes back to the conversation of knowing yourself. Like, and but when it comes to therapy, like maybe you need someone to show you the steps to knowing yourself. Like, we can read all the self help books we want, and like again, like if they're, if you're just like reading it and not fully understanding it and integrating it into your own life, like it's really not beneficial to you at all. But maybe you go to a therapist and they're like, Hey, like if you take this step, like that would open a whole door for you and like where you can go from there and where you can take your self growth from like, this is what I was thinking about myself. But like this person posed this question to me and like, it's made me really think of like, okay, I thought this, but then there's like, we're all multifaceted. So like, there's this other like facet that I have not seen about myself that I can uncover and like maybe talk to my friends about or like have a conversation with an adult about talk to your parents about it but like I totally agree it's that cheesy saying of like love yourself first before you love anyone else like that's bullshit but like like love yourself first like (laughs) know yourself like know your fucking worth and like you are that bitch like don't let anyone tell you're not enough because you know what at least I'm working on myself you clearly aren't because you're being the bully in this situation but I totally agree. Know yourself. And like, once you stop giving a shit about what other people think about you, like the second part of your life begins. I am not making this up. I promise you, but my first words, um, before we go talking more about New York, um, (laughs) is my first words as a baby were hot. I was in my grandma's, I'm not lying. I, I was in my grandma's kitchen and I was like, touching this like the stove which it's like you're seeing your reflection you're not actually touching the stove and you're 
yeah whenever you start when you're that young like mm-hmm. um I'm like touching the stove and then I'm like like getting super close to it and looking at it and um I like looked up at my mom and grandma and was like hot and they're like yeah it's hot don't touch it and I just kept <laughs> shaking my head and they're like and I kept saying hot and then they're like what like yeah don't touch it and I kept pointing at the like the reflection I was seeing and then oh I my would God. Point, point at my, and then I would point my chest, like I would touch my chest and I was like hot. And my mom was like, you are not calling. Like she said, she was just like, she goes right then and there. I knew I was like doomed. She's and, like, I'm and, in trouble. Yeah. Cause she's like, no, don't touch the stove. It's hot. And then they put me in front of a mirror and I started like laughing, <laughs> clapping my hands and I was jumping up and down and I was pointing at the mirror and was like, hot, like I look hot. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so like now that like that explains so much yeah I know um, that's hilarious what a story I have no idea what my first words were because again I'm the middle child and my parents didn't record anything I did but good for you yeah no but it's just it's just funny because like I asked that the one day my mom said that and I'm like yo I don't she's like you probably shouldn't tell people that because they're gonna think you're a narcissist (laughs) I'm like yeah whatever no Um, it's funny good story yeah so why um getting off that topic why uh why (laughs) new york york is for sure not for everyone that is a hard thing that i will stand by and it takes a lot of grit to live here and we've all had our ups and downs i'm very lucky that i have a support system here so if i didn't have a support system i do i would just not be living i probably wouldn't be living here anymore i probably would have moved but i think and I haven't tried all the cities in the world, loved Boston. It's just not for me. I loved visiting. I loved seeing all my friends that lived there. I had so many great weekends there, but it's too small. It's too suburban. I need somewhere that I don't need to have a car, which is again, why I love New York, but I would move to LA in a heartbeat if I didn't need a car, but you need a car to live there. But New York, I love, and it's again, another cliche, but like, it's really a city that never sleeps. There's something going on all of the time. Like I could wake up on a Wednesday and like, we have a group text, like, be like, hey, does anyone want to go get a happy hour drink today? And I could get, like, two of my friends to meet up in Midtown, and it takes each of us, like, 20 minutes not even to get there on the subway or walking. Like, I love the support system that I have here and the fact that if I were in a dire crisis and needed one of my friends to come meet me, like, at least one of them would be able to drop it and, like, come meet me and, like, help me out. But I love that there's something always happening. You can always go to, like, concerts. I just went to a Knicks game. I've literally never followed basketball in my life, but I went to a Knicks game the other day because my friend had tickets. But it's just like, there's something always going on and there's like such an opportunity. Like New York is very small in terms of if you have a friend group, it's kind of hard to break through that. But it's also like, I went to like a boxing class the other day and met people there. Like we had like a, a drink after and it's just like, there's such an opportunity to meet new people and like through, even if it's through mutual friends or like I went to an insane, insane Bill's bar the other day for the game in Brooklyn and we rolled deep. Like the mafia is truly no joke because mafia. Was a small, <laughs> like a small bar in Brooklyn and like people were like almost about to jump through the tables there. Like it's just insane how many people you can meet here. And I like my best friend right now, I met at work like we I trained her at work and then we ended up she ended up leaving the company but she's literally my best friend now and we hang out all the time but I just love the hustle and bustle of it and it also plays into that like you deserve a day to rest or like you don't have to earn rest 
New York is constant, constantly moving. People are constantly doing cool stuff. You see it all on Instagram. You're like, oh my God, like, what should I be doing with my life? Like, it's okay to like, realize that you're right where you're supposed to be. And I have a lot of issues honing into that because I, all I've really ever wanted in life when I was younger was to have a studio apartment in New York. And like, here I am. So now I'm kind of like, okay, like what's next? Like I could keep moving up in my job if I really wanted to, but that's not as exciting to me as like going out and traveling. So New York is a hub, another plus living in a Mm -hmm. hub is amazing. I could fly to Paris in an hour. Like I could leave and hit hit the airport and get a direct flight to Paris right now if I really wanted to. Um, I love living in a hub. I just, it's just, it beats you down, but you, you just get right back up because you love it so much. It's, it's the whole thing of like New Yorkers are kind, but not nice. Like I will like, I can't even tell you, like, we're just like so mean to like people are yelling at each other on the street, but then like the one day I was getting off the subway and this woman had a stroller and this stranger just picked up the end of the stroller, helped her walk it up the stairs, and, like literally said nothing. Like didn't say like, oh, you're welcome. Like, hope you have a great day. He literally was just silent, just did it and was like moved on with his day. She even asked, she didn't say thank you. Like New Yorkers are not kind, but not nice to each other, but I still love it here. It's just such a great place to live. And I'll be here for the next few years if I don't up and travel before that. But yeah, it's, it's quite a place. Why, uh, how did you know so young that you wanted a place in New York? Did you like, were you typical, like I'm stereotyping hard as fuck right now, but did <laughs> watch your first episode of Sex in the City and we're like, yep, like that Leonardo DiCaprio. That's it. Like, where he's like, whoop, doo, 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 doo. he's like, and he's, that's it. You, and were you like, mom, right. going to New York? Um, well, I dance here. I was dancing here from, we went to nationals for, I want to say like 11, like oh, yeah, right. 11 days for once a year during July and it was terrifying because I was like 12 at the time but I just saw that the chaos and like the opportunity it sounds cliche again but the opportunity that New York could give you like it's just unmatched so I knew from then that I was like oh it'd be so cool and like I never wanted to dance but it was just a plus living in New York that I can dance on the side like I can do it recreationally now but it was just an always I want to live somewhere that I could live out any dream I really wanted to, meet whoever I wanted to, do whatever I wanted to. And yeah, I've always wanted a studio apartment. And like, luckily when I moved home, I was able to save some money and got on the real estate market right when no one was moving here. So again, I lucked out in that aspect. But yeah, I'm living living my childhood dream, which is like, I, this is the first time I've ever like verbalized that. So it's kind of just hitting me like, oh my God, like if 10 years ago me saw me now, they'd be freaking the fuck out <laughs> i don't even know why i never mentioned this but i used to right after the um actually it was all of last year um mm-hmm. i worked for a i did apartments and i did um apartment rentals in new york city but i worked remote so i was more so okay. of uh it was a company that pa- was partnered with compass um okay and I was doing apartment rentals, but it was more so like onboarding. So it was like, cause after, during the pandemic, like when I came home from Denver, like really like sound cliche is like a contact sport. Like you gotta be in front of people <laughs> daily and like, you gotta be, but like during COVID that like wasn't the case. Like when Amanda right. and Alex were looking for a house um, there, they were working with their, I think it was either 
Alex's cousin or Amanda's cousin, one of the someone that was mm-hmm. related to the family was like who they were working with to buy their house. And they couldn't just because of like they had a new baby, um, I believe, and then they did like COVID, whatever. So, like, I, Amanda, I, Amanda's like, you know, what do I do? And I was like, don't even worry about it. Like, I'll show you guys a house. And mm-hmm. I remember we were like, <laughs> we were all like covered up like we were going to war, like face mask <laughs> on, like, like never everything. forget. Yeah. And so like, I was sitting there and I'm just like, yo, like, um, I need to have like something to do. Like, I need to have like some sort of income. Like, like, who knows when we're going to go back to normal. I can't like not have any job. So it was more so like, I was just like onboarding clients where like, if you were looking for an apartment, um, I would call you pretty much get the logistics of, um, you know, what you were looking for, where you were looking to be, give you like, kind of educate you. Like, if you're like, oh, my budget's um, at the time, if you're like, oh, my budget's uh, 2000 and I'm looking to be in Chelsea or Lower East Side, I'm like, nah, mm-hmm. you got to go Upper East or Upper West. Like, Dude, you're going maybe, to Queens. Sorry. Yeah. Or maybe even like Park Slope in Brooklyn or something yeah, like something. So, um, but it was the funniest thing to me was like, if you didn't get back to someone like within 30 seconds, they're calling you again, being like, yo, it's New York city. It's New York city. Like, fuck you. I'm going to work with someone else. And I'm just like, yo, you guys are shot. Like, (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely insane. Like, especially now when the market is just through the roof, I have seen so many videos of like 40 to 50 people showing up to one apartment showing like, you're gonna have to like yeah. bet. You're gonna have to bet to try to get this apartment. You're gonna have to go in it over. Say I'll pay a thousand more dollars than the actual rent. Like it's impossible to get it. And again, I lucked out with that because I live in a rent stabilized building. So just oh, really lucky. rolling in the rolling in the luck with this one. But yeah, I know it's the market's absolutely insane. But here I am. I made it. <laughs> Are you ever gonna buy a place in New York? Uh, probably not New York. That's way too permanent for me. Like signing this two year lease, I had another panic attack over it because it's too permanent, but so glad I did that. But I'll probably never buy in New York. If I were going to buy, it would definitely be like my first house with a significant other, hopefully. But if I don't find them, then I'm traveling, babe, hitting, hitting the town, going to hitting Paris and... Do you have, (laughs) okay, this is going to come across the wrong way, but like, (laughs) um, do you have, I'm not talking about your personal life, but like, do you have not like, I'm not, (laughs) it's going to sound like commitment issues. Oh, I do. Yes. That's okay. Okay. Cause I wanted to like fully (laughs) explain what I was getting at before I'm just coming out here on jump street being like, yo, what's good. (laughs) Um, but where so you you okay because I'm I'm a little bit similar like I'm the same way mm-hmm. like I am just like like that like oh my gosh like if I sign a lease for a year uh, yeah. I'm I'm glued to this place for a Correct. year so like and whereas like uh, it's easier for me like buying like buying apartment rentals I mean you could do that in Buffalo you're not doing it in New York City um mm-hmm. but like buying rental properties, um, buying places, flipping them, holding them, doing all that. Um, that is more so like my forte at the moment versus being like, Oh yeah, it's time to buy a house or like being locked in on a lease. Like where, um, where does that, that commitment issue per se come from? And then like, where, like, do you ever see an end in sight? Because for me, it's it's not like the commitment of like I'm trapped or I'm stuck here. It's just that like there's so much shit that I want to do and I'm so used to being yeah. like on the go and like go, 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 go and like 
thinking of a million different things. Like mm-hmm. I'm going, I'm actually coming to New York, uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend. And then as soon as I get back, my uncle's like, you want to go to Boston from, um, Mumford concert and I'm like yeah say less like mm. let's get it going oh my so god does he have an extra ticket take me I love Mumford <laughs> I, um it's not it's not Mumford and Sons it's like who's the okay. main guy uh, Marcus uh, Mumford he, Marcus he Mumford, doing a solo yes. tour yeah yes yeah. yes that's what it is and I didn't I didn't know and my uncle's just like listen all, like because we we're all hanging out and he's just like all four of us could damn near be the Sons he's the only one that matters <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> so yes true. yeah so like and then um I'm actually going to be the following weekend. I'm actually going to be going back. And actually, no, not the following weekend, but the week after. I think Sunday the 20th, um, okay. the Memphis Grizzlies are playing the Nets. And I hit up Joe Losher and I'm just like, yo, are you free that Sunday? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, where then I'm coming back to the city. So, like, oh that's God. how I am. But it's like, I'm an, but I'm an only child, though, so I'm used to that. And it works for me. Whereas, like, I, every, every, like everyone else um, that's our age is either getting married, settling down. I know we had a little bit of this conversation at a man's wedding and they all look at me like I'm a jackass and I'm crazy. And sometimes I'm like, wow, maybe I am, maybe I am fucked up, but then you're sitting here saying you're the exact same way. So like from your point of view, where does that come from? Oh yeah. It's, I I see it as like getting held down where it's not being held down, but it's just. I can't pick up and move to Paris if I want to. And I said that to my mom the other day and she's like, okay, well, like, why don't you? And I'm like, okay, well, like, you know, my anxiety, I can't just like pick up and leave. But it's, it's comes down to, I've lived in New York for six years and I've moved five, five times. And it's, mm-hmm. if anyone, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy to move in New York city. It's truly hell. Like, you always move on like a 95 degree day. Like it's honestly the worst, like the elevators don't work. The movers are mean, blah, blah, blah. But I just have this like PTSD of like always having to pick up and move. And I feel like that's become part of my personality now. But like you said, like getting married to me is such a commitment in my life right now that I'm like, I'm still, I would be a child bride if I got married right now. I would be a child bride in my mind. What does that 28, mean? I just like 28 is too young. It's just, you're still figuring out your life. Like I'm really lucky in the sense that I <clears throat> in a point in my life I'm living alone. So like you learn a ton about yourself living alone and having your own Same space. Yep. But it's just like the whole commitment. I think to me, it's just the impending. It's, I don't want to say doom because that's not the right word. And it's, it's, it, it works for people. But to me, like once I settle down and like start having kids, like that's kind of, I don't know. It just means that this lifestyle that I love is over. And like, that's not to say that I won't love being a mother or like being a wife or like having a family, but that just seems so foreign to me now, especially since I'm like, so blacking out of the bars on the weekends. Like I'm dancing on my <laughs> tables and like, your son or daughter is going to find you on TikTok or Instagram and be like, mom, they're going to be like, they're going to see my Snapchat memories from like, 2018 and be like mom come on you should have gotten it together but I literally the other day I was like mom like yeah like it was a whole thing of her one of her nurses has her daughter's location on her iPhone I'm like mom you don't want that like I'll share it with my sister or someone but like you don't want that because I know you're gonna check it like 3 a.m on a Saturday I'm gonna be like literally dancing on top of the bars and you're not gonna be happy and like she goes Megan you're not gonna you're never gonna meet someone if you're dancing on top of a bar I'm like first of all mom I'm not going out to meet someone. Second of all, I'm going out to shake up, shake my ass. Third of all, I'm going out for GNO because that's what we do. I'm like, don't you, don't you dare tell me I'm not going to meet someone going out and dancing on the bar because this is my life right now. And 
people want to be mothers and I want to be dancing on the bar, but I also like want to be the girl who's at spin class the next morning. So again, commitment issues, they fall into my life for personal reasons, for career reasons, even like we live in a time yeah. where us millennials are like hopping from job to job because we can get a better opportunity anywhere we go. But like my dad worked at Fisher Price for 32 years. Like that was his first job out of college. When he was let go at Fisher Price, I had to make him a resume because that was where he like went after college. He loved it. And he stayed for 32 years where we live in more of a job market where it's like, oh, like I work in marketing in New York. Like that is like the most basic girl job. You can get that job like at any company you want. Like, and if I find a better opportunity, like maybe I'll take it. But it's just the ability to pick up and leave, even if that means I'm not going to do it. But yeah, just buying a house right now, that is that gives me anxiety. Like that's so much commitment and that like tethers me down. And like, I'm a traveler. Like I love to go and pick up and living in a hub is truly amazing because like I leave for Aruba on Sunday and then I'm going to Virginia for Christmas. And then I'm going to Bermuda for New Year's Eve, just because my best friend and I can, because we live that lifestyle. But yeah, it's just like kudos to everyone who has a house and I'm wasting thousands of dollars renting in New York city money that I'll never get back and return. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's not my lifestyle. It's other people's lifestyle, but you know what? To each their own. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Cardi B is definitely corrupted you being from New York, going from <laughs> shaking ass on the bars to shaking it on a spin seat. But I, like, that, we'll save that for another day. Um, no, I, yeah, I, um, I, uh, it's more so, yeah, it's, I would say definitely career. I feel like our generation is very career focused, but at the, mm-hmm. actually, how do I want to say this? I feel like our, I had this conversation with my mom recently, um, because she was saying, and she's not saying it in like a regretted type of way. It's mm-hmm. more so of, um, it's more so of like, she was saying that she never planned on having kids, but she had me. And then she said it was more important for me, for her to go all in on being my mother versus doing anything else. And, Mm -hmm. and she was saying that, you know, had she not had a kid where she pictured her life, she wanted to be this big wig, like businesswoman, like crazy successful, all of that. Um, And she was just more so of just like, you know, I was just like me like I'm like I'm not saying this as like a a wishful thing like it's definitely happening I'm definitely gonna do it I'm definitely like I'm not gonna I I don't shy away from it like but for me like I'm building an empire and Mm -hmm. I'm my goal is generational wealth like not from the aspect of like being super bougie and having material things because a lot of kids have with were like that and I think they're fucking assholes because it's like <laughs> I could care less if you're I could care that less if your dad's Warren Buffett if you're an asshole you're an asshole um, Correct. but it's more so of like so that um someone in my family or whoever my wife is or kids or I mean like that like they don't have to worry about like the things every most like pretty much every person worries about it's more so of like things um mm-hmm. but in the same breath it's like um, I've realized that like there is a sacrifice there for a lot of different things. And I feel like our generation, we want everything, but don't want to accept what could be sacrificed. So like, like you were saying, right. like you're very like career focused. I'm very career focused. I'm very career family and travel focused. Like we might be doing, mm-hmm. um, Puerto Rico for New Year's. Um, and nice. my buddy, my buddy called me about, about it two weeks ago. And I'm like, yeah, so just say less. Just give me like, literally, am I, 
Yeah, like, am I coming to D.C. to fly out with you, or am I meeting you? Like, I mean, I prefer to fly with you uh, in Puerto Rico versus not, but... Same way, um, same way. But a lot of my friends, a lot of my friends are getting married, already have been married, they got babies and stuff, and they're like, yo, bro, mm-hmm. when, you know, like, me and so-and-so are trying to do, uh, you know, double dates, like, where's your girl at? And I'm like, bro, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, she's out there somewhere, but, like, it's not... Do you think, um, do you think that it's... Do you, how do I want to say this? Do you think you'll ever regret your decisions? Um, Because like we were talking about like knowing yourself. I'm very like, very, I don't want to say set. Like as if I like meet someone, I'm like, nah, fuck off. You're not part of the plan. But it's more so like I'm very understanding of like what my actions are leading to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't regret anything in my life. I am so happy of where I landed. And yeah, it like I, okay, transparently, I've been single for seven years going on seven years and like there's a lot of up and downs that come with that but I am so lucky and I was talking to a family member about this years ago that like I have the ability to live alone and I've had this time in my life where like I've been single for seven years and like I think your 20s are the most crucial part of your life where you get to actually learn yourself and like make all the shitty mistakes that you can make and like if like getting to know yourself means starting a family at 23 like great like that's always been your goal in life and like awesome for you and like I hope you find happiness in that but like I'm just so happy of just being on my own and figuring shit out and like I can travel and I can get up and do whatever I want like I was talking to um my my family and I had this like extended family had this remember the obsession with zoom when we were all starting in a pandemic we're like oh we have to schedule like a zoom call and like hop on the phone and like whatever but my friend my family did one at 5 p.m every Sunday and it lasted for two and a half years it got to the point where I was like guys like we're actually going out and leaving the home like let's break this up a little bit but um so we would have that zoom call and I was like my mom was like yeah tell them what you're doing I'm like oh like I just had to like bop to the city next weekend to like go to this game or the U.S. Open or like things like that and I'm like oh wow impressive and I was like yeah but like I fought a lot to get to where I am I when I first moved to New York I had like no money is an understatement. I was living on straight pennies. Like I could barely afford to take the subway some days, but you know what? I was like, screw it. Like I'm going to do, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to like get up and like, yes, I live in bumfuck Brooklyn, but like one day I'm going to live in the East village and like, boom, here I am. But like, I am finally in a life where I make a decent income. I'm single and I have like no direct responsibilities that I can pick up and like go to a, a new city like the next weekend. So it's, it's, it just depends on like what makes you happy, but I am so content and I've learned that I'm never going to meet someone in New York because it's just such a chaotic city and dating whoa, here is whoa. absolute never trash. Say never. But... never, never say never, <laughs> never say never, never say never. You sound like my mother, my mother, my whoa, mother's the no. classic, she's the classic, she's like, it'll happen when you least expect it. I'm like, oh, oh, I haven't heard that one before. Thanks mom. Great, great well, advice. I mean, it's, I, I mean, it's true. One of my, uh, one of my best friends, I'm not going to say her name and no, it's not Amanda. Um, she always like jokes and is like men is tra- men are trash and I'm like are yeah. men trash I'm like are men trash or is your taste trash I'm <laughs> Ooh, like, that so, like yeah I'm like 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 let's like let like let's settle down like I'm not yeah, out here being like why... yeah <laughs> I'm not out here therapy. yeah I'm not out here like women are trash it's just like shit maybe <laughs> maybe 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 my... maybe wait yeah. am I the problem shut up I'm the problem there's no way no I'm not saying I'm not saying uh you're the issue but it's just like hey maybe you need to like you know just 
Come yeah. down a notch. <laughs> oh, trust us. Trust us. Yeah, I know. That is um, definitely what's going on for sure. I was talking to um, one of my friends, Rose, and she was like, I was like, it's just so shitty here. Like, the only friends that I know that are in serious relationships or like even relationships at all are with people that they knew back in college and that they didn't date in college, but reconnected with after college because it's just impossible to meet people here. So they just like latched on to people from college and like, they're all really happy. So like great for them, but like, it just goes to show that it's just impossible to meet people here. But I was talking to my friend Rose and she hit me with a, a couple weeks ago. She goes, yeah, but like, you also like, don't like open yourself up to people. Like you're the one to like stop it first. And I was like, wait, what? She goes, yeah, like like you're you're 50% of the issue and I go shut up (laughs) I'm like are we about to have a breakthrough right now but yeah it is it's just it's mentality and I'm very jaded and rightly so but I'm we're we're pushing through and hey it's New York what a better place to learn about yourself yeah it's that was gonna be my next thing what um (laughs) since you've been living in New York what Mm -hmm. what are some things that you have just learned about life in general not necessarily Mm -hmm. about yourself but more so like life in general that had you not lived in New York you don't think that you would have uh, been able to know or understand because like you only know what you know Mm -hmm. the bubble like the bubble you grow up in is like the bubble you understand um right and until you get like an outside experience or something like that you really don't like you don't have something to compare it to that allows you to understand that. So like, um, right. before we get into like the study abroad, what, like, how has living in New York like changed your perspective at all on life? And like, what have you just like learned about life since living in New York? Yeah, well, New York, it's like a constant fight. It's a constant battle. Like every time you leave your apartment, you're like, all right, it's not gonna be the best day because I'm in New York and like people are screaming at each other across the street. But I've learned to be incredibly independent, which if you stay in your hometown, like you'll always have the support system of like, if your family still lives there, or like, you'll still have like your friends that knew you since you were two years old. But moving to New York, I only have only well, I've known my friends now for a, a decade, because that's, oh my god, we started college a decade ago, which is terrifying. But it's learning that you can be as independent as you want. And like, you can live your life that way. But for me, it really comes down to the support system that you have. And like, the friends that you hold dear and the friends that you're like, maybe like, they're just an ancillary friend. I'll text them every now and then. But like the friends who will literally leave their like hedge fund jobs to come help you if you're in a crisis, like those are your people. And like, these are the people you have to hold close. And like my biggest thing in life that I've learned, mm, I've been told it all my life, but you, it really slaps you in the face when you move to a city like this. Is like, ask for help. Like if you don't ask for help, no one's going to give it to you because they don't know that you need it. So you need a voice like, Hey, like, it'd be really great if we like met up and chatted about this or like what it, like if I ask you about this like ask me about this in my life like down to the support system and I wouldn't be anywhere without my girls like truly I almost cry talking about them all the time but I am so lucky the people that I have I'm so lucky that I can see into their personal lives because it's really eye-opening because like you you meet all these people in New York and you're like oh my god she's so pretty like she must be so happy but then again it's all social media and like smoke and mirrors but I get to learn like all of my friends, like I learn about their personal issues and I'm like, wow, like we're not all alone in this. And I learn about like their home lives and I'm like, wow, I am so lucky with the childhood that I have and the parents that I have. Like my mom sends me literally, she still sends me like gift packages. I'm 28 years old as if I'm like still at college. She still sends me like balance. She sent me one for Halloween. She sent me a fall like gift basket that she hand packed herself with 
because I love candy corn. Don't don't come at me, okay? Don't come at me. I love candy Trash. corn. I will I will eat it by the pound. I will eat it by the pound. And I, t- I texted my mom the other day and I go, so remember that pound of candy corn you gave me? She goes, yeah. I'm like, it's already gone. She goes, you know what, Megan? Sometimes life is too short. Enjoy it. Like you wanted that bag. You ate that bag and it gave you some type of comfort. So you know what? Life's too short. Just embrace it. You enjoyed it. And I was like, you know what? That's so true. I was like crying because it's like, what? That's like a thousand grams of sugar that I ate. But you know, it's my tiny little like pills of serotonin at this point. But yeah, so to come full circle for my ramble, it's just, you can really be as independent as you want, but it really comes down to who you have around you and like the support system that you've built yourself and toxic family members, cut them out. Like we don't have time for them. Like you, they might be blood, but uh-uh, they're not going to help you in your journey through life. And they're going to make themselves miserable by like being mad at you. So like, ta-ta, good luck. Um, but yeah, I have the really best of friends and we do anything for each other. So I hope that if no one has found that core group of friends yet, they do because Lord, it's changed my life and wouldn't be here without them. So yeah, that's really uh, the gist of living in New York. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to call time out real quick because yeah. I just need to know what is, um, what is, what do you categorize as a toxic family member? Um, well, it's like a whole thing with my sister. So my sister's LGBT, she's queer. So she's bisexual and, married a woman and it just goes to show like the true colors of what your family stands by and their personal beliefs versus the value that they actually do place on family and it's just we have a lot of family members that weren't okay with it and to the point where they try to convince her not to so it gets to the oh, point okay, where I'm like, great you. like <laughs> they're yeah. no longer welcome in my life if they're not going to be like treat her the way she deserves to be treated as a damn human being then like sayonara I'm not wasting my breath on you but yeah we just don't have time for those kind of people and like it's it's just exhausting wasting all that energy thinking about them and like thinking the all the shit that I could say to them but it's not going to change their mind so sayonara like I'll never talk to you again but we're I'm very lucky because on the other side of the family we have amazing amazing family like came to the wedding supported us all through the way we chat every week on the zoom call and they're like so happy to like be so supportive huge Bulls fans even though they don't live in Buffalo but it's just we keep the ones we want and like say goodbye to the ones that don't want to be in our lives anymore like goodbye no okay yeah <laughs> no I, I i agree with that i was just wondering because the way my family is is um like anytime i bring someone around the family that is has never met them before whether <laughs> that is like a friend sleeping out there something like that it's always like a big 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 like let you know it's gonna be a lot (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like just because the way my family is is like we're very I would say real not disrespectful but we're very real like okay no bull no bullshit like always bust like you know like chirping each other but in like a fun loving (laughs) way but then always like if someone's like complaining about something or acting a certain way like it's no like there's no um sugar coating it's like yeah you right out on your shit which a lot of people like I've been around like other friends and like other families and stuff where like that is labeled as toxic when really mm-hmm. that's just like real genuine love. So I'm always like being curious. real. Like, yeah. No, yeah. I feel that. Like, <laughs> I'm not toxic because you don't like the fuck I'm saying. You know what I mean? Right. Like that right. type of thing. Um, yeah. So aside true. from the craziness in New York, um, we were talking about this a little bit. Like you've traveled Europe. I've only been to Spain. I went to Spain for two weeks and it was the nice. most outrageous experience of my life. And um, 
actually going to be doing Oktoberfest uh, <gasps> next fall. Oh my God, you um, are? I've always wanted to go. Oh my God. I'm yeah. Like yeah. So, um, <laughs> I yeah no I like I said I'm not the like you like to plan right I'm more yeah. so of like I'll plan everything myself I'll get dates mm-hmm. I'll get what it's gonna cost where we're gonna stay like just an idea and then I mm-hmm. give it to people I don't ask them but like yo this is what I'm doing if you want to come cool I'll see you there but this is what it's gonna cost this is what it's gonna be I'm not yeah. planning so don't ask me to plan it that's I'm just telling you where I'm gonna be um yeah. And so I haven't been back to Europe since, geez, I want to say I was junior in high school. So we're talking like 17, 16, 17, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and it was the crazy, like, how have any of those travel experiences, like, changed your perspective on life at all whatsoever? And I personally don't think that anything about Europe is remotely similar to the United States in any way, shape, or form. Like, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I, so, like, growing up, my like we didn't have the money to go on family vacations or like travel and like any money we did have went unfortunately to dance like god bless my siblings because my parents spent so much time on money on dance and just couldn't thank them anymore for putting up with that but yeah so we didn't travel growing up so the first time I really left the country like Canada doesn't count for us like let's be real Canada's across the border from us but the first time I ever left the country was when I hopped on a plane by myself in January of junior year of college when was that 2015 and I was absolutely terrified. There had just been a terrorist attack literally five days before my flight. So I was like, what am I going to do? What attack was it? So I was flying into Paris and the Charlie Hebdo attacks had just happened. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the gunman went into the office. But of course, I was like completely panicking. (laughs) Like, oh my God, my mom's like, you're going. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's definitely the safest area to be right now. And it was. Like, you got there and it was like heavily patrolled, like all of that. But so that was absolutely terrifying. But I knew only a couple people in my program. I lucked out again because my school had an actual like school there. They had like a floor in a school building. So like Skidmore College had a school in Paris. So took classes there. And then I was able to take class at the American Business School of Paris, which was absolutely insane because I met people from truly, truly all over the world. Um, Classes were in English, thank God. But I studied abroad for four months and met a lot of people there came became close with a lot of people on my trip I had to stay with a host family so you could like write down what you wanted to stay with but I was like I just want like a chill mom like no kids I can come and go when I want whatever I ended up with like an 84 year old woman who spoke not a lick of English like maybe like three words in English and I was like great I know absolutely no French I don't know how this is gonna go but I got there and we had orientation for a week and then I finally met her and then my friend that I had just met on the trip she was like she went to my school so I knew her but she was like we got to do something this weekend like it was literally the first weekend we were there she was like we got to go somewhere and I was like I'm in like let's just leave this host family behind like fuck this so we booked the cheapest it was like a Ryanair flight I remember it's 89 dollars round trip I'm like, we're probably gonna like die on this plane but it was uh we went to Stockholm and it was absolutely stunning it was like negative five degrees outside but like that is the most beautiful place I've ever seen in real life in my entire life it was absolutely gorgeous and like we somehow figured out the train there like everyone speaks English there because they're a lot smarter than us over there but we like went to a gorgeous brunch my friend asked these group of girls behind us because they seem super trendy like where we should go shopping and they're like oh my god like let us tell you they got on a napkin wrote down all the places we should go 
we found like followed the recommendations had the absolute best weekend so I was like okay you know what maybe I can make this work like the host family's a little traumatizing but whatever but I'd have every breakfast with my host mom and then three dinners a week which was really nice like they were like contracted to do that for us but yeah my my breakfast was the quintessential like I she must have just like googled what Americans eat because my breakfast was a bowl of cornflakes a baguette and Lipton green tea I was like I'm in Paris I'm drinking Lipton green tea you've got to be kidding me but I just loved her because she was like this must be what she eats all the time but she cooked me amazing dinners um I met I went through a very traumatic breakup at like the second week of when I was abroad so that was really alarming to like because in Paris it's not really common to like host people or like have people in your own apartment Parisians are very private and like they don't like to let strangers in their apartment so we the, and the only time I could see my friends was if we went out to a bar we like went to like go to the school or study so uh, a lot of it was like behind the scenes I didn't have my best friends with me I didn't have my family with me I was going through this, like the biggest breakup of my life like it was horrible but I just really lucked out with people that I met there I ended up meeting like a boyfriend there he spoke fluent French and English and you know what it started off traumatizing but I made it in Paris for four months and I didn't want to leave. I literally cried on the way home because I did not want to leave. It was just so nice. I was a student. So like I had such a weird schedule. I had Fridays off. So I traveled my ass off on the pennies that I had as a, as a student. I lucked out because my room and board for Skidmore paid for the housing. And then like I got money back from that too. So I had like a credit card that I could use in Paris. But I went to like weekend trips I went to Barcelona Italy most beautiful place ever oh my god like I just was really just living the life Rome like I went to all these places Copenhagen it was so nice but again like if I spoke fluent French I would have moved to Paris directly after college like no joke I just like love the way of life like I'm a type of person who's I don't need a lot of space I just need to live in a good location so that's why I live in East Village and I have a small apartment but I humble just, brag. No big deal. Humble, humble <laughs> brag. Really no big deal. Rent stabilized too, but who's counting? But yeah, it's just, I met amazing people and I would have never traded it for the world. And it, it just propelled my college experience because go, going through a breakup was absolutely traumatizing. But I mean, where would you rather go through a breakup in Buffalo or in Paris? Like, let's be real. So <laughs> I really lived my life out there. But how was your experience abroad? Um, well, I didn't really, I didn't, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to go to begin with. Um, Mm -hmm. I got, so at Lancaster, they did this thing. It was through like EF, um, educational. And it was mainly, I'm pretty sure like you had, you had to have a certain grade, like a grade point average in your language to be able to go. And you had to be a junior, like a sitting junior, sitting senior. And I knew a lot of kids that like above like upperclassmen that did it. And it seemed really cool. And I was always like growing up um, before moving out to Lancaster when I lived in South Buffalo, I did like the summer camp I went to, like I was always at like the Y or like summer camps growing up. And we always did like field trips every day. Like we'd go to the Bison's game. We'd go, um, we'd go to like a water park run day. We would go like, and always do different things. So like, I love like traveling with a group of people. And I always thought like, that was like the cool aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it just so happened that, that it was during, um, it was during our spring break, but it was like the Easter break where like you had two weeks off instead of like having, 
a week the February in, a week, one? yeah like a week yeah. in February and then a week in April it was all in April um and it was I want to say like right it was like in the middle of like lacrosse season too like mm-hmm. and um our high school lacrosse coach was one of our chaperones and then one of my Spanish teachers that I had in middle school um Miss Quinn she was another chaperone and then um a couple kids that like a couple of the guys I knew really well just from like playing um, sports were like one of the kids played lacrosse with me. The other two kids I just knew because he was older, but he played hockey. And then the other one, like I had Spanish with. So it was like people I was comfortable with. And we went for two weeks. We went to um, Madrid, Barcelona, Cordoba, Sevilla, um, Valencia. Like we went all over Spain. And the first night that we were there, um, well, to be, I say, so like we, when we flew in, when we landed, it was 7 a.m. in Madrid and we couldn't check into our hotel until like noon. So we immediately started sightseeing and we're mm-hmm. jet lagged. And I'm sitting here just like, yo, why am I looking at these cathedrals <laughs> and like, you're like, like I just like, want to like put I, my stuff down. <laughs> yeah. And then like, just it was so like it was just so different like I felt like in a little bit like I was on a movie set like I was just yeah. like yo where the fuck am I and then everything <laughs> is in Spanish like I mean obviously oh, you're yeah. in Spain everything's mm-hmm. in Spanish people don't really speak English that well um mm-hmm. some people do like we went out like when we got lunch I was trying to order a burger and I was like may I please get a bacon cheeseburger and the guy's just looking mm-hmm. at me and I'm like oh, oh man okay um <laughs> Quiero like in the most like American way yeah and then um, the fir- literally the first night we were there after dinner, we were in Madrid and Real Madrid was playing Barcelona at mm-hmm. um, wherever their stadium is, like Estado, Bernabeu or whatever that they call it. And Real Madrid had Cristiano Ronaldo, um, Barcelona yeah. had Messi, PK, mm-hmm. like all the like the big time guys were like on both teams. And it obviously used and you think a bills tailgate or anything <laughs> about the bills is rowdy no the, i have never experienced the only thing that i think would like put it into like context in like a picture of what that was i experienced would be mm-hmm. like if the bills um won the afc championship in buffalo like the reaction <laughs> The reaction was the tailgate in the pre. It was it was insane. I've never seen, but I've been to soccer games before because my grandparents used to live in Columbus, and there was like the Columbus Crew, which was the an MLS team. So like, okay. I've been to like rowdy soccer games before. I've never experienced something like that. Wow. We didn't even. Um, we were gonna try to scalp tickets, and um, but like the cheapest ticket was like five hundred euros. And so we were just walking around the stadium and like there was a couple gates that were they had these like big holes in them like the size of softballs almost and you can look into the stadium and like you weren't allowed like so many people would stand there and then security would come through and make everyone leave um because then like (laughs) once the game starts and all that like they they shut those gates but for like a quick like five minutes we we literally were standing there and like looking in through this gate and you could see like through the stands and everything like onto the field and you could just see the crowd. And I was just like, I've never experienced something like this before. And then obviously we were there for, um, that was our first day there. And then mm-hmm. um, when we were in Valencia, they were actually playing again in Valencia a week later. And it was for like uh, the King's cup, which is like super big in Spain. And okay. just like how people were in the streets, we were staying in a hostel and then just like, everything about it I was just like wow like 
I need to like I was already set on going away to school to begin with so that like, yeah. didn't change it but that is like what really really like sparked my like love for traveling and then mm-hmm. of course when I got to college which I like I've talked about plenty of times on like different podcasts like I've been fortunate enough to like get opportunities that like had I not been friends with that person or had I not met them being away and out of Buffalo the opportunity never would have come up that it's Mm -hmm. more so it's like kind of like almost like a a junkie in a way where I'm just like okay what else like it's like what it like it's never enough there's always like there has to be something next like there's always like what like what are we doing or like um like Joe and I are actually we're going out to to Napa in January because oh. one of our buddies is out there and me and me and him were just like like I've been to Tahoe before in the summer because we went there for the fourth of July mm-hmm. he's never been to Tahoe but I was just like yo I'm like let's ski or snowboard while we're out like let's just rather than staying in Napa and San Francisco for a day because we've already been there twice before I'm like why, why not just get an Airbnb and like let's go to Tahoe for a day or two and he's like yeah I'm down mm-hmm. so it's always like there's just so much to see and so much to do and like that's like where that came from was nice. just like that experience in Spain but like the biggest thing was I did not see one fat person I didn't see one fat person and like they don't have like like breakfast is like a cappuccino or like espresso and like a little bagel. And then no, breakfast in Paris is a cigarette and a black coffee. That's literally breakfast yeah, in Paris. You can um, order that. Yeah. We used to have a joke. Um, <laughs> and when we were at Mercy Harris, like we would like jokingly, like we would, um, a couple of the guys would like rip, rips, uh, cigs in like the house and they'd be like, it's Euro style cigs inside baby. But that's how like, certain parts of Spain, that's how it was. No, yeah, I went to, when I was meeting my then boyfriend that I met in Paris, his family, his mom, like, oh, do you want a cigarette? And I go, oh, God, no, thanks. And, like, literally passed it around to, like, his sister's friends who were literally, like, 15. And she goes, ah, Americans, they don't smoke. And I'm like, yeah, we don't. Uh, Yeah, but uh, you guys are just smoking openly in the living room. So go ahead. (laughs) That's how it was when we went into pubs. Like, they didn't even ID us or nothing. Oh, yeah, no, that's, like, not a thing there. Yeah, it, it just, they just lived such a different lifestyle and it's so great my biggest thing is like why i want to move to paris is you legally cannot email your employees after 6 p.m like you cannot it's just you're supposed to sign off you live your life and if that happened in my current career i i think the company would go down in flames because i'm getting things at like four o'clock in the morning now um it's funny you say that because one of my friends um I was just over there the other day hanging out with um I went out to get food with her brother but then she was home briefly for something and she she was saying something about how um one of her she was at some meeting and um the CEO was there and the CEO was talking about how it's like the culture and she didn't say it but she was saying that she's like dude like okay cut the shit like it's all about money it's business like don't act like we're friends and don't act like you care about us and like we're gonna be more productive and stuff like that correct um whereas me like I don't know how to turn it off but it's also Mm -hmm. like the industry and the business that I'm in where it's like more so of like my schedule is dictated around like my clients but I'm also the type of person where it's like like I told you, like, I want to build like something generational. So like, in Mm -hmm. my mind, it's like, I've already accepted that that's what I want to do. And I kind of like always having something to do. And like, even like, and I kind of think that like comes from even like playing college sports, where you have so much off the field stuff to do, 
that mm-hmm. it's like the the party and the drinking all that is more so of just like you like earn that freedom so you go crazy when you have it that mm-hmm. i see myself now like i only really like drink and get fucked up special occasion or like everyone's like we're getting after it tonight otherwise like i don't really do like casual drinks or something like that because i'm always just like work 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 um but like you see on the flip side that like the country we live in like america Mm -hmm. is more so of like they it's not that they reward that but it's just like it's there's clear evidence that if you are that way you get ahead but then some people like don't fuck with that but then in the same breath they complain about it like do you think um I don't even know where I'm going with this, but it's more so of like, <laughs> do you think that there should be like, cause if like I had employees, like when I hire employees, like I'm going to mm-hmm. tell them to be like, I don't give a fuck what you do. This, these are the deadlines for everything. Just like a syllabus. This mm-hmm. is when during the day, I'm going to need you to be available in case mm-hmm. I need to call you or do something. Other than that, I don't give a fuck what you do. If you're like, you got life, you, you want to go travel. You got like kids you want to raise. Like, I don't care what you do. Just, I need my stuff done when it's due but i don't care if you're working monday night and you don't work in the morning or vice versa like do you think more um people would be way more productive that way kind of like the european I, style like how you get like lunches off and you go take a nap and then you come back and- yeah <laughs> that would be absolutely sick but i'm the exactly the type of person like i as long as you get your shit done like i don't care when you do it like as long as when i ping you at 1 p.m you're gonna respond within the hour because i need stuff from you but that's how and that's where I get into like the type of the type A personality again is just I plan too much to the point where time management is like my entire life now. So I'm like, if I work, if I get this done before, or if I work like till 8 p.m. on Monday and I set myself up great for Tuesday, then that's like less anxiety of Tuesday, of, like having to meet a certain deadline. Because for my, what I do for work is we have hard, hard deadlines that are very quick turn. Like we turn around proposals within 48 hours, like and that's like a, on a good day. So it's like, I'm constantly working against these deadlines and I just have to get things done. But yeah, I believe like, as long as you're available during like these hours, like you could like work late Monday and come in late Tuesday, it's your work. So like whatever effort you want to put into it, like that's great. But it also does create this culture of, like you said, like if you want to get a promotion, you don't have to like work a hundred percent. Like you got to work like 160%. Like, unfortunately that's the culture we've created in our careers these days. Like if you're a great employee, like that's all fine and dandy. But if you're not going above and beyond, like you don't have any impetus for, or like any fire or evidence behind you that you deserve a promotion. So that's kind of where I landed in my life. And my mom will be like, you need to work hard and play hard too. And I'm still trying to find that balance. Like you said, like weekends for me are my time to like shut my laptop and don't open until Monday morning. But it's just trying to find that balance of, and I, this is my problem is I probably will find that balance if I ever do have a family and I'll realize that like there's more to life outside of work and like meeting up with friends but yeah I believe like if you just get your work done like make your own hours and like live your own life and take a siesta too if you can like great awesome yeah no I agree that's why I'm such a maniac now because like I definitely want to have kids but like when I have kids it's like that's where all, that's where all my attention is like my attention Correct. is not work fuck yeah. that um Correct. yeah so what would you say, what would you say were like your biggest, um, I would say like the biggest things that like living in Europe has like taught you just like about, uh, I know I said it about New York, like about life and stuff like that, but like wh- how has as a whole, like living in Europe changed like your perspective on life, if at all. And like, 
looking back, what are some things that you catch yourself doing that had you not had that experience, you probably would never do in your like day-to-day life if there's anything? That's a fabulous question. Wow. I never thought about that. Like what about Europe changed me and got me where I am today? I guess like it was terrifying. Like for four months moving to a a place I'd never been. I was leaving my country for the first time ever at 20 years old with people I didn't really know and having to find my way in a, in a town that doesn't even speak your same language. And by the way, like, people in Paris aren't nice like the French aren't nice to outsiders so like you can try and speak French all you want but they won't they won't give you the time of day no (laughs) they fucking can't stand us no they'll look at you and they'll like speak to you in English because you just like look American I'm like great awesome phenomenal but yeah I just guess like that was a real turning point to me where it was transitional in the way where it I wasn't just going to Europe like I was going through the worst breakup of my life like current like truly the worst breakup of my life I had left my family for more than two months at a time for the first time in my life and stepping into a country that doesn't even speak your own fucking language was just all wrapped in one just wholesome experience but I it just it it gave me this impetus of like yeah you're probably scared and like you're gonna be scared about a lot of things in life but unless you just like go fucking do it like you can you, you can say you try like it's it's so cliche but it was just such a point where like even leaving my apartment in Paris was like giving me anxiety because like I don't have a cell phone. I didn't have service in Paris. So like I would literally be wandering the streets and just like trying to figure my way out and like find my way, but just take the leap and you know what? It'll all work out. In the end, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to stay there for the rest of my life, but you know what? When I'm going to learn French one day, Duolingo, here I come. I'm going to learn French and then it's over for everyone. I'm going to be living in Paris, living my best life. But um... <laughs> I actually, you should, uh, I actually, um, am about to sign up to do the babble for Spanish. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause I want to, nice. um, I want to learn it again. Like I was just, um, this past weekend when I was with my uncle, we were watching the UFC fights. Um, we were, he said something and we were, I was like, I know enough to have like, like if we're in Spain right now or Mexico right now, I would be able to like have a basic enough conversation that like we could figure like where we need to go. Like we got to oh, order nice. food, ask for directions, like all that. Cause I remember it. Like, I think Spanish is super easy. Um, but I also like, I want to learn it on a more in-depth level just because um, there was like a study I was reading that said that like um, within the next, uh, I want to say like 10 to 15 years, there's going to be a, population than there is now Mm -hmm. um and then obviously just like with real estate and stuff like that like um I definitely want to I don't I haven't figured out what angle but like I definitely want to get into the real estate scene whether that is owning rentals doing flips development or even I don't know actively selling there in like Texas or like other parts of the country and I want to be able to like because obviously it's like a benefit if like you can speak the language Oh, yeah, it's huge. I believe we should all, I think our <laughs> educational system is total bullshit. And the fact that we don't all start learning a second language when we're in kindergarten, but I think we all should speak a second language. But if you, I look at classes in Buffalo, see if there are any like group Spanish classes you can take, even if they're virtual, because I do think a lot of it is like, we yeah, we can learn from a machine all we want, but it comes down to the conversational aspect of it. And if you can like hold a conversation, I think that's Amazing. Like I could speak survival French, but that would get me like a coffee and like a 
someone to show me where the bathroom is but I want to have like a real conversation in French and understand people and maybe I'll, I've looked at group classes here maybe I'll hop back on that who knows yeah I know they they have that at Babel but when we were in Tampa last year for the Bills Bucks game um our one of my, my the kid that I lived with in Boston actually he got way too fucked up at when we were at the bar um <laughs> like doing like brunch and pre-gaming because it was a four o'clock <laughs> game we got there at like 10 and we're just going all out um as if like we won a championship or something with the mimosas <laughs> and champagne and um he got way too fucked up and our uber driver didn't speak a lick of english so mm-hmm. we're annihilated in the back of the uber and he's in the front about to like yak so i'm oh, no. yelling from the back like you know um senor mi hermano like no bueno like he's not doing well a, no like trying like literally giving him puzzle piece conversations and he's just like He's just like, hey, like, ask me, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And then, and then I knew enough to like, I keep saying the same thing, and our other buddy's like, yo, why are you being a dick? Stop fucking with this. I'm like, no, I'm trying to like tell him Mark's not okay. <laughs> yeah. And then um, we Facetimed our buddy because uh, his girlfriend's from Colombia and she speaks fluently. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, here, talk to him, and gave mm-hmm. like the Facetime to the Uber driver, and he goes, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then, and then he like dropped our buddy <laughs> off, but like. I'm like, man, only if I knew what I was talking about, I could have, you know, cut 20, 20 minutes out of that entire issue and ordeal. I know. Isn't it crazy? Like, and I have so many friends who are bilingual and I'm so jealous. And like, I have friends who speak French, Spanish. My older mate was from Ukraine. English was her second language. I have friends who speak Chinese. My coworker speaks Chinese. I like, that's just a goal in my life. You know what? I'm going to do it. Thank you for indulging this conversation because I'm going, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take French classes. I really want to learn. Yeah, no, you should. Um, I actually saw Stefan Diggs was doing, uh, he posted something a while ago. He had like a hundred day streak of like doing a Spanish class. And Shut it was up. Babel app. Yeah, it was on oh. that Babel class. It was on that Babel app, but my okay. uh, high school my high school Spanish teacher told me it was just like, unless you can commit to taking classes, at least get on Babbel. Yeah. Um, and because they have you like do things and that's where I saw it. And then he happened to just post an Instagram before like the season started and it said like mm-hmm. your hundred day streak on Babbel. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, oh. this must be like a legit I thing. I mean, if Stefan Diggs is doing it, why aren't we all doing it? Like another reason well, to love the man. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's definitely something I'm going to start getting into more. Nice. Um, but yeah, kind of wrapping it up here. I know you were yeah. talking about school and stuff like that. And it's actually um, something I had in mind. But like, what are some things you don't have to like go into crazy detail, but if you want to, you can like, what are some mm-hmm. things that you wish you would have learned in school and things that you have educated yourself on since leaving school? And it could be about anything that you looking back, you're like, I wish I would have known this earlier, or I think this is very important to know, and they should be teaching us this. Oh, that's a great question. I mean, outside of the obvious, like taxes and managing your own finances, I was a business major, but I didn't take like a personal finances class or like, and I, in high school, I didn't take like home ec or whatever, like other schools offer because I went to an extremely Catholic all girls high school. But I, I don't know. It's tough because like, I wish I were learned how to be a better public speaker. I probably could have taken a course on that in school, but a lot of schools tell that like, oh, we have such a great networking scene. You can meet so many people, but there are a lot of like 
learned skills behind that, that you don't learn unless like you have a mentor or someone who's like directly giving this information to you. Like you don't learn like how to like build real relationships or to like how to actually network. I can go out to coffee with like as many executives as I want, but it's not going to get me where I want to go unless I know like what information to get out of them, like how to leverage this relationship. Because I started in an industry that neither of my parents know anything about. My dad was a toy designer. My mom's a pharmacist. Like they know nothing about the job market these days, let alone like what I wanted to go into. So I was really flying solo. And I luckily, um, Amanda's aunt, or like cousin, technically Krista, I knew her all my life. And I found out she was a president at a marketing company here or like a digital media company. And I did the whole thing of like, I'm just going to ask her to get coffee. Like, I just want to talk about life. Like I'm not looking for like a job opportunity or like tell me where I should go in life. But I learned so much from that single conversation. I met her at her office for literally half an hour. We had coffee and I learned so much from that conversation that I ever did would have done from like an accounting or a dumb marketing class that I had in college. Like she told me, she's like, everyone wants to like thinks they should be, or just wants to be CEO by the time they're 25. But like, if you take a step back in your life, like you are so much farther than you ever really thought you were going to be. And like, like, look at where all of your friends are. Like you are all in this together. And like, it, like she gave me this advice where like start from the bottom at as many places as you can before you find something that you actually want to invest your time in. So I started, I had one job straight out of college. I started as an intern at this beauty PR company because I wanted a job and I wanted to move to New York and I didn't have the money that like all my friends did to travel Europe for the summer. So I was like, I got to get a job right away. So I found this job and I like hated it, whatever, stuck there for a year and a half. And then I was like, I want to try and get into marketing, I think. So I took another entry level job, was stuck there for a year. And I was like, I still hate this. Like, I don't know what to do with my life. And then I met up with her and she's like, just start from the bottom from as many times as you can, like figure out what you want to do, what you want to actually invest your time in. And then like, once you do work your way up in that industry or like whatever role you're in, like you're going to feel a lot better than your friends who stuck with the same job because they're like, Oh, it's making me a lot of money. Like it's giving me all this opportunity, like blah, blah, blah. But like, it sucked being 25 and still being in an entry level position when my friends were like going to law school and all of that. But I am so thankful now because I have so, so many friends who are miserable and not just in New York, like miserable in their positions because they were like, I'm making a lot of money when I'm like 23 years old. I might as well just stick in this. And I'm like, I survived on a can of chickpeas for lunch for like a month when I was just moved here because I wanted to find a job that like no one loves their job. Let's be real. Like you could say like, yeah, it's like, I enjoy doing it, but not like, you don't wake up at like seven in the morning. You're like, Oh, I can't wait to go to the office today. Or like, I can't wait to open my laptop and stare at a screen for 12 hours. But like, I found a job that I actually like doing and like, I'm pretty good at it. So I'm really glad I took those steps to like try entry level and like, just get in from the ground up and eventually find your way because you make the mistakes while you can, while you're young. And then like, you'll look back and you're like, wow, that was so worth it. As much as it sucked in the time, like I'm so glad I did that. And meeting with her for coffee, that changed my life yet again. Europe changed my life. Coffee with Krista changed my life because now I'm in that same position for four and a half years. So I found something that I like to do and I don't regret my path at all. It sucked along the way, but you know what? We made it. I'm in a studio apartment in New York. So here we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> before I ask the last question, I asked this to my buddy, mm-hmm. uh, Cody, Cody, when I had him on, because I'm a firm believer in it. Um, but I was also put on to the game and like the wisdom of it very young. 
Um, how much do you think that I say it's like an action resume versus like a legitimate resume? How mm -hmm. much do you, you think you learn? Like, I think you learn way more by being like, say whatever you're doing, right? Say I wanted to do that too, or I had an interest in it. Mm -hmm. me figuring out a way to make it work obviously and being like hey Megan um you're this I have nothing I can offer you but I want to learn and I will work for you for free and I want to learn not so much like not being so much more focused on the money but more so focused on like you are obviously um the top of your industry like you said you didn't understand how to network right mm -hmm. it's more so of being like you're at the top of your industry this is what you do I eventually see myself there and I want to be in business. I don't know what the hell that even means, but I know <laughs> that you're crushing it in business. So let me work for you for free. I'll do whatever it takes. I just want to be as close as possible to you so that I can see your sequences and businesses and I can see how you move and operate in the space. Essentially learn things that unless you literally are like your assistant or partner or something like that, you would never even know how much more valuable mm -hmm. do you think that like that is versus just going and taking a job and doing it the like long, hard way, just getting a check and, and stuff like that. I think if you know what you want to do and, or you, even if you have an interest in something like a shadow as much as you can, like just go for it. Like yep. I, when I took an unpaid internship in Buffalo, just because a, I wanted the resume booster, but B I wanted to meet, like people in this type of industry. Do you know 42, 42, no, 43 North, the competition business company in New York or in Buffalo? Yes. yes. So I interned, I interned for them and I literally, I emailed the, um, I think it was like one of their HR reps when I, cause I was like, I'll be home like over Christmas break for a month from school. I was wondering if you guys have any internship opportunities. Like I don't even have to get paid. I just want to kind of see what you guys do and like see the inner workings of the company. And they were like, we don't have any intern opportunities, but like I'll CC you to like, she was a events and marketing manager or something like that. I'll CC you and like, she'll reach out. So she reached out, she goes, Hey, like, if you want to be my assistant for the next month, be my guest, we can't pay you, but like, you can go on like all of our adventures with us. And I go, sure, you know, why not? And I ended up just like creating my own intern in quotations position there. And it was cool because a, I got to work with all these companies from over the world. Like there was a company there from Tel Aviv and like they were making, like there's one who was like doing an online car auctioning site that actually is doing very well right now. Um, and then I met like people from different parts of the organization from marketing to like even legal to, cause it's a whole business competition. So I chatted with their team. Um, like it was just such an insane experience. It was literally only for a month and I wasn't getting paid, but I would like come in for like four hours a day in between my three other jobs. But I ended up getting interviewed by Katie Keurig when I was there because she was she was doing this um docu series on like the most up and coming places in America and she chose Buffalo for one of them and she came in and interviewed the 42 North office the one day and I was there and she goes and like what about you how's your experience and I go oh I'm just an intern you don't want to talk to me I don't actually work here she goes no I would love to hear what you have to say about me interning here and I go oh my god Katie I, I grew up watching you every morning at 6 30 a.m before I went to school but and then I was able to go to like a Bills game in a box like it was so cool and it's just I just wanted the experience, like get to know like what other people did for a living. Like the, I shadowed the events manager and like saw the way that she talked to vendors or like talked to people in the organization and kept company morale up. But I say it's worth it. It's going to suck in the meantime, but like it, it, as long as you realize it's going to suck, like, and it's going to have some type of payout at the end, just bear through it. 
some maybe one day you'll meet Katie Couric and you'll have the time of your life but I say just go there for the experience and instead of being in a job that you absolutely despise and you're just there for the money like some of us are lucky enough that we have a parachute behind us if we do actually fail but you'll never learn anything if you don't take the leap you know no, hundred <laughs> percent. I would have told Katie, "Would been like, yeah, my name's on the door. You do want me?" <laughs> oh, I'm actually the CEO. How weird! Yeah, <laughs> funny you ask. <laughs> what do I do here? I I am this. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, last question. I ask everyone this. Um, it doesn't have to be anything specific. It doesn't have to be. It could be whatever you want it to be. If today you could meet eighteen year old Megan, what things would you tell her and why? Oh my God. Where do, where does one begin with that? 18 years old. I was just going to school. So I knew no one in college. I was going in totally blind. Uh, I would tell her that the first week of freshman year is going to be the absolute best week of your life. You're going to meet so many new people, have so many crazy experiences and just like be thrown into the life of a liberal arts school. But what would I tell her? Um, I mean, I wouldn't change a thing. Wouldn't change my path in the slightest. Um, Don't take anything for granted. I've had a lot of downs throughout the years and it's just a constant reminder that, and it's not a way to live. Like you don't have to constantly be like, oh my God, everything's going to be taken away from me at some point, but like nothing, tomorrow's not guaranteed, cliche, but it's not like take every experience that you can say yes when you can say no when you really don't want to do something like just don't take anything for granted and like take all the experiences that you can take in the meantime, you know, like, like you said, like you're going to, fly to Boston the one weekend or like I could pick up and my friend and I were supposed to go to Paris for our birthdays this year but COVID got in the way but anywho yeah take nothing for granted take all the experiences you can and you're gonna hit a lot of a lot of bumps and they're gonna seem like they're going to take you down and like your life's gonna be in shambles but here you are 10 years later in a place you never thought you would be so yeah just just go for it it's it's cliche, but you know what? It's how I'm living my life now because it's not how I lived my life in high school. That's for damn sure. So it's just, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. And I think that's a wrap. That's how we awesome. end this. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is so fun. Of course. I appreciate it. So um, we'll definitely. Um, I'll give you a call after this, but yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely run, uh, round two and then round two will probably be on camera and all that. And, uh, you'll be a YouTube, YouTube star. Oh my God. I'm going viral tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I greatly appreciate this and, uh, of course. uh, we'll, we'll run it back sometime. Of course. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. I'll talk to you. All right. Bye. Bye.